Aloha, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our Undoing Radio. We are continuing our merry journey uh, into the sacred with my friend Teokasen Ghost Horse. Teokasen is the host of First Voices Radio. He is a musician of renown and um, a speaker, a, a, a global speaker. So you are the perfect person to uh, to ask for the Lakota perspective on uh, the sacred. So let me just set it up this way. We hear that life is sacred. We hear that all things are sacred. And then we also hear that certain texts are sacred. We hear that certain objects are sacred, certain sites in the world are sacred and go on and on. Um, what is the Lakota sense of the sacred? Is it specific to objects and locations and things of that nature or is it everything? Is it internal? Is it external? What does the sacred mean? Well, <clears throat> let's see here. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I thought you said uh, I'm a speed reader. That's what you said. And uh, that's what I heard anyway. Oh, no, no. Uh, a speaker. So, a speaker. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, I can speed read if you need me to. But uh, <laughs> uh, So... Okay, yeah, that's a that's a big question. Um, I think it's in the imperfection uh, to begin with, and I'm, I'm going to try to come to the mind from someplace that's not really centered in the mind, but centered of, of a different place. But yeah, I think it's in, in the imperfection. Um, that's where sacred lies, is in the imperfection, because in this uh, world that we hold standards up to, which is the... Euroforming West is that we we tend to want to put things from outside back into that lonely box of a, the Euroforming concepts. So I think if if you think about it, think about it this way: is that we're not looking for perfection in the Lakota way. Um, I say that because we I don't have a word for perfect perfect in Lakota. It's in our designs. It's in everything to remind us how imperfect we are. So I always wonder, well, what if we make everything, the whole design, the way it's supposed to be? Um, but it's really uh, very intelligent of these folks to, to put in a, in a bead design one bead that you don't even understand or you, you don't see right away unless you have to look for it intently that there is one bead out of whack but it's done so well that people think it's a perfect design and we know uh as lakota people that things are not that way so if i was to say sacred is perfect then i'd say that would be really boring you know um but that's the way i would think about it conceptually and try to have a tongue-in-cheek uh, reaction back to your question so the other way to really understand <clears throat> what a sacredness or, you know, all the definitions that come out in um, the way we are supposed to be defining or redefining what the word sacred means in, in English or any of those words that have to have a concept of holy or, you know, something that doesn't understand it but even the holy we'd have to go back to the latin even the word sacred we'd have to go back to the latin everything is descending from that language so <clears throat> we are 
having to find, you know, extract from another meaning in order to put it into, at least look at and think it's a relationship to the word that we are saying is sacred in English. So, um, yes, we could say it's relation to the objects or even places or even what's happening is, is a sacred thing. But these often have to go, again, we have to entirely take the whatever that sacred is and put it back into the modern form um, according to, to the Bible, according to whatever religion is coming from. And because everybody else is doing it, then we should too so that everybody can under, understand it. Well, see, th- that's an interesting point that gets missed. I mean, essentially, you're saying even asking the question, what is the sacred, means that I, as the questioner, I'm trying to bounce it off my own language. I'm trying to fit whatever you're going to tell me, or I, I guess I'm supposing that whatever you tell me is going to fit into the English language. Mm-hmm. And it may not be possible that it can. So that that's an interesting thing to start with, right? So do you think that, is is there, I don't know, an inherent racism or implied racism in um, a white person asking an Indian what is the sacred? Because it just means that you're going to tell, you know, I just assume you're going to tell me something that I can relate to. That's it. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of native people saying the things that just to get along. And so no one's really getting what that means. In fact, when you're in the confusion is what I would say is the sacred because you can't nail sacred down. Like people say, well, we have to defend the sacred when actually Sacred doesn't need defending. You see, if anything, sacred needs to defend itself from us trying to defend it. So, because sacred can never be defended or even defined. So, you know, what's the use of talking about sacred? Um, is is just a recognition that that there is something that we can ever never define because it's not teachable knowledge and information or fact or events or whatever it's not teachable and 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 that's frustrating to people who try to own thoughts of others so that's sort of a colonialism and domination like oh define sacredness for me or what sacred means for me so that i understand because i deserve it because we're speaking about our language because your language is not good enough so therefore it's a diminishing of other people's idea or, or actually enactment of what sacred is. Living it seems to be more close to um, the word because if, if, if I was to really live as a Lakota, it would confound the people who educated me, who in the West, uh, in the Euroforming thought process, is they, they educated me, they, they taught me how to speak English, read books, um, you know, work on a computer, all the things that says that I'm civilized and therefore I am no longer um, uh, uncontrollable. So I'm really um, channeling or corralling into one way uh, road or, or pen into saying, well, here's, here's what I think it is. And therefore what is sacred is completely what you say it is. It's holy having to do with throwing smoke and mirrors around and, you know, chanting the right 
song and, you know, the right music. And that's sacred. And we're supposed to feel something at the moment it's being done and come away as if we changed something. But um, that's not the same as it is if I was as a Lakota to go outside and completely not have smoke or feathers or a Bible or any kind of symbology going out into the woods um, and, and just sitting there, just being with that which can never be defined as sacred. Talking about the, what's the word apocryphon is something that you can never teach, that you can, it's knowledge that cannot be taught. And it, sacredness in that sense of understanding is an experience. So you're experiencing all these other energies that we have deemed into nouns as trees and animals and the river and nature and all these things. So, cause we can understand it that way. But if we were to go out and just be with that experience and you can experiment with it, but you can always remember the experience of a certain time you went out into uh, the nature and, and feel the action of what nature has done with your experiences, it, that it has actually nurtured you. So it's nurturing. So nurturing as it's moving along is the ceremony that people would say is experience. So the ceremony is always a continuum because once you have ceremony, which I know you're, you're forming people do not have ceremony because I travel a lot and they tell us, tell me at least that, we forgot ceremony. We know what ritual is, but we have ceremony. And I say, well, ceremony is what changes things, right? And what what you're doing is ritual is um, is uh, being changed by the things. It's situation. So there's laws and regulations that say you can only, you know, perform certain things according to uh, a higher up or higher conscience. Uh, the Vatican or whatever authority is that is that uh, is in charge there. So when we have ceremony, there is no, there's no one in charge. It's all in relationship. So I, if anything, if that is, uh, if that you could put that back into the box of sacred for those convenient listeners who want something, who want the answer of what sacred is, then to us, it's always going to be a secret. And that secret can never be unfolded or told. And we can't even say it's mystery um, because these words are too easy in the flow of it. And the sacred or secret or the mystery can never be defined. Um, and so if I was to say um, that is Manitou, where humans never live, I can't live and won't be able to survive, that's where wouldn't uh, the, the sacred or the secret want to be is no interference with the human who is trying to always define what secret or sa sacredness is. So the spirits that live there, uh, the energies that live there are, are always changing. And so how can we describe what sacred is? Because we have come up with a, a ritual that so much that we've gotten, gone, gone away from religion uh, lighting a candle is a ritual. It's not ceremony because that's how humans do it in a sense. But, you know, when a, to me, it would be if a volcano went off, if a volcano exploded and, you know, 
erupted. That would be sacred to me. But yet it's how humans hold that as a catastrophe. And how could I think that way? Because it's killing all life and it's killing humans in things. But if you really look at the power that we can never control, well, in a sense, that would be what I would say is sacred. It seems that in our culture, we want to, in the Western cultures, we want to know what the sacred is so that we can, uh, well, either honor it or even, even that, even in honoring it, is to get something out of it, right? Um, so is there a correct, correct way that we can approach this in our language, in our, in our way of being, where knowledge uh, does have a place even if we're using it wrong, uh, where repetition does have a place even if we're repeating for the wrong reasons? How do we do it for the right reasons in our own, in our own culture, or is that not possible? <laughs> well, um, most people would think I'm anti-Western or anti-whatever, but what I'm saying is, is it really knowledge if you're using it wrong? Is, is it <laughs> really, do we, have, do we have to rely on that wrong knowledge? And is it in information, in the, if, we're, if it's wrong, why are we doing it in the first place? You know, it's like I could say, well, you know, this world, this society is uh, extracting from nature and it's using nature. It's not giving back. We know that that's obvious to us. But then we start recycling. And we say, well, coming from the Western world, uh, you're reforming worlds. So at least we're recycling. Yeah, you know, um, but the source of why we need to cycle, recycle by making more plastic bottles and things. I think it's the idea that we think we can recycle the earth, you see. And I think that's, that is an anomaly and doesn't belong. It's an errant thinking process that will, in, in a sense, make enough mistakes on itself that it will just not make any sense. And that dominate nation thinking will wipe itself off the earth. So, because that's what nature does. That's what she does. She takes out the, the domin, dominant species because um, she, she's, you know, herself looking at what is sacred. And if something is not working with all the other relations, that's not sacred. But if something is working with all the other relations, I would say that that's what is sacred if we want to put it in a more of a definition and an emotion of it. So, this other one is looking for existence and, you know, fighting to say, well, you got to include us too, because you're wrong in, in excluding us, your Westerners from, you know, defining what sacred is. And so it's coming from that demanding, demanding to be included. But when you think about earth, well, did you ask earth? Are you demanding earth to include you because you think this way? Or is, is the ultimate um, decider, Mother Earth to say, well, I'm not going to have you demand from me because, you know, that's not how to get along with the relationship with all the other species. So, you know, in a way, um, when we talk about the ideas of how to exist within our languages of denial by intellectualizing or rationalizing why we too, because we're after all human beings, to the earth and 
our ways are have been existing for thousands of years and uh that way of capitalism and socialism and all those other democracy tainted uh, ideas about how to live with earth well you cannot you know it, it's it's like saying mother earth has an app app for us so conveniently we have to you know press that and we'll be okay when she's not even an app she's not going she's not a government she's not any of those things that we would apply to her. and by just leaving it alone and not trying to define what mother earth is we can understand her telling us what sacred is yeah, um it's funny it has nothing I, I, to do with with the death yeah i was just going to say i hear so many people you know muse over are we a video game is all of this a video game and i feel like that sentiment uh comes from us because we live virtually just like you're saying it's like they're there you're either living interconnecting with mother earth you're either living you know interconnecting with nature or you're living in your in imagination and the imagination is going to be your own selfish thought bubble and so some for some reason <laughs> some of us have split off and decided that we're separate beings and we're going to live and we're going to really worship whatever comes out of us that that is more important than our own interconnecting nature and in fact the interconnecting nature is to be looked down upon and mm -hmm. i couple that with um you know in politics of course we hear that uh that oppressed peoples in america especially black people um, from the right, you hear this thing about that they should uh, just get over it, <laughs> just get over slavery, just get over yeah. it. That was then, this is now, that sort of thing. And then the liberal version is, well, but if you look around, you see how that is still affecting people. It's still embedded in us as a society and so on and so forth. But neither ever talk about how entitlement is embedded in white society. Neither of them talk about like with that same that same level of how it has seeped into every facet of our being to where even the people who are the do-gooders have it. And even the people who are the scientists and the most altruistic of us who are trying to, you know, go on into the future and all this have it. And you see it come out in things like the 30 meter telescope debacle here in Hawaii, where that arrogance comes out of, but we want to put a telescope there, so that should trump your cultural value. <laughs> that should it's okay to do cultural genocide because we're going to have a telescope, right, everybody? Uh, so maybe, mm. maybe I mean, what I'm trying to do, I guess, with with this season of this show is sort of look at this one word at least to show these other perspectives, so that when white society says, well, we have a sense of the sacred too. And our sense of the sacred says, as I've seen multiple people say, that telescope on that mountain would be the perfect crowning jewel for that mountain. That mountain would love it. That's That would be a sacred moment for that mountain. I, I see this online. I see people writing such drivel. And I think if you knew the senses of the word sacred from other perspectives, then you would know just how shallow and meaningless that is. Um, do you think that has any value? Do you think what what I'm actually trying to do here has any value? I think there's not one thing that doesn't have value um, because it keeps somebody like me on the 
truer perspective of understanding where I come from, because there's something that, that, uh, you know, I could say that uh, Jeremy is wrong, but in Lakota, I can't say Jeremy is wrong. I can only say the way Jeremy thinks may not be right for me, because that's speaking of my, my road of experience and, and the people that, that I know who aren't tainted by the other thoughts of Euro-Western, because that's the default, the default of what we think about God, the default of why we must speak, because the default of everything, why we must have logic and reason the way the Western people do it, um, so much so that you even feel it extracting you while you're speaking and demanding, um, you're being demanded to, to conform um, to a certain way of thinking. And, and if we don't, I think you understand that mind stream of if we don't as native people think or speak the language that everybody speaks in the world now, then we are going to be on the extinction list. Um, again, I'll go on the other reverse part of it. The other side of it is that the extinction list includes those who dominate. That is no longer feasible because there's too many people wanting their piece, their way of, uh, you know, living or surviving. There's too many humans doing that from that perspective of domination. And so when, when I'm thinking about how profane that would be um, for me to introduce this among the elders and say, well, you elders are wrong here. Um, because we don't believe in good and evil, so but these people do, and they have this great definition of what sacred is, and they have religion, and they have you know all these things, and they can prove it by their gadgets that they can put up on mountains, and we can see other worlds. And I'll say, well, this is we should live this way now because our way is dead. We we can't be going back to stones and sticks and teepees and horses and you know um, we we need running water, we need electricity, we need computers. We need all those things because that's the way it is now. And even that thinking those things of when I was talking about the elders is like, oh, you know, it's not, they're not sitting in judgment of why I'm doing this. They're, they're seeing why they, they cannot or they, they don't want to have the running water or the, you know, the modern day way of thinking because what has gotten us this far is to continue to think with the earth, to know that those other beings that we call aliens and those thought processes actually come back to us through nature, through the plants uh, that necessarily don't have to be humanoid because that's just, you know, some other people thinking that, oh, intelligence says that you have to come as humanoid form and we, we know better and that those aliens, so-called visitors from other place, it's very intelligent in the sense that they, they could come back through us to anything, including plants, which is, are the keepers of that sacred knowledge, that secret knowledge. And, but when the Western people get involved with dissecting, well, give me some of that plant too, so I can know too, it, it's, not, it's not the same because there's no ceremony about it. They often put science before everything, and, and the, the, the saying, trust in science, right? That's like the biggest lie there is, 
because it, it takes you, it deroots you, takes you away from your roots. Now, if you put, and, and I think I've, you've heard me say ceremony, um, ceremony first before science, before trusting in science, because ceremony is the one where you'll find a proper balance about how to use certain energies. And that's what plants have. They have a ceremony um, with you before you even eat it. So, you know, if we complete our thoughts and say, well, uh, I'm going to bless food in the Western way. And I would say, no, you can't bless food. That food blesses you. Environmentalists and farmers say, well, we grow food. And, and I'll say, no, you don't. The food grows you. Sorry, the food grows you. Um, so there's, there's that other way of thinking. And when you think outside of what is defined as sacred, then you have a, an idea, or at least an inkling or a feeling about that there is a different energy that we cannot fully explain with our limited thought processes and everything became, becomes sort of, uh, I don't know, how do you say it? Equivalent, like I said, default to what we have to explain in this language that Jeremy and Teokasen are speaking so that the listeners can really understand us because after all, you know, it, it's really about now, not back then. But if you are speaking a language that doesn't even have back then or in the future because they're including now, then which language is really uh, the rogue, I guess you'd say, of not being able to define what sacred is, you see? Maybe just accepting that there's no definition for sacred is sacred. In the now moment, does ceremony, what is necessary for ceremony, does that come all at once? Is it all apparent or is there a learning process? (laughs) Uh, People, uh, um, from what I see, they don't recognize what ceremony is. They want to define what ceremony is, like just just what we're saying now is when 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 I define when I described myself being in the woods or someplace, even in New York City, you know, and I'm I'm standing there on a corner, and everybody's left and right and up and down and you know cars honking and everything and and yet everything slows down for me when I see the butterfly flying above the taxis. And that butterfly is, is like just doing its thing as if there were no cars there, as if there were no pollution. You know, it's just flying. It's, it's being the butterfly. And to me, that's what ceremony is. It's consciousness. It's consciousness of why it's here. It's to carry out the original instructions of its creation story, wherever it originated from. That's its creation story, and it's living it out without questioning it. And to me, that's what the the um, the ceremony of life is. You're just you're living it. You're experiencing it without you. You don't ever hear butterflies complain. You don't ever hear those trees complain. You know, you don't. You don't. It's just how it is. They just know they. They're dealing with, and we, we often try to say, well, they're feeling pain and they're doing this. and But it's always what we are doing to them that we're trying to 
um, rationalize, you know, oh, we, 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 sh- we should not be killing whales, or we should not be killing, uh, we should not be eating meat and all these things because that's primal, that's too primitive to think like that. And, and animals suffer, but see, that's where we, we stand in the shadows of dismissal as native people because no one's understanding the cultures that has honored death has honored living with death as one and the same, the same personal grieving and living because it's not in the mind. It's with the, the intuitive intelligence that that butterfly has by continuing the ceremony. Whereas when we get away from the ceremony, when I'm speaking in English, I'm having to separate myself. I'm having to go into the conceptual mind and come from that perspective, isolated, and and coming up for reasons why I need to know. But when I'm coming from the Lakota place of being, there is no separation. I feel totally like my body is in the soul. And that's the ceremony, because then you're in the soul, your body's in the soul. You see everything is, is medicine. Everything is that ceremony. And that's very difficult for me as a Lakota to live in the society that doesn't see it that way about, about how I feel as a Lakota. Do you see a reason for this society to exist? I mean, I, I know in the Lakota way, you wouldn't be able to say this is bad or this is good, but what would you be able to figure out? Okay. Uh, there is a reason that this dominating bunch of people took over the world and, created this hellscape, you know, and is essentially killing the place. Is there a reason or is it simply, I mean, a reason in a, in a positive way, or is it simply, um, you know, we're little brother, we're, we're in our terrible twos. We never grew up something along those lines. Hmm. Well, the exclusionary thing is, is not possible in the Lakota way. So what we would, would say is um is that if a people um any people that has now been violated with the virus of possession and ownership would give that up they would see entirely another way to live so possession ownership anything like property anything like that gets in the way of empathy and and that's you know we think that ownership and possession is going to satisfy us because it's tactile. We can feel it. We can hold on to it, whatever. But when you really think and, and are feeling that, there is no empathy because that gets in the way of your um, feeling the tree because you, you own the tree. You own the land. You own the idea. You own, you know, it's always a possession. And that gets in the way. There's no clarity with with that thought in front of you. Um, but when that is removed, especially when there's more people not thinking in, in the context of ownership, that clarity comes easier that you can start feeling, feeling what you see or seeing what you feel, what the empathy really is. Cause we can, we can, you know, clamor on about, I feel too, I have empathy too, but that often has to do with 
how good you treat another human being because that's what we're stuck in. We're dismissing the rest of life and those peoples who are living, trying to live an old way, which is really the new way um, that the new way is trying to live like without the pollution, without trying to continue on to where those old ways of indigenous peoples have been. That's why I think that consciousness is, is the new way rather than being stuck in the conscience of ownership. Um, Yeah. And and just even having to own who God is defining what God is, anything like that, that, that is, I think gets in the way of really understanding what empathy is. So maybe you've even asked people this when you've talked to them about their religious convictions or something along those lines. When, when people, and I'll just use religion as of a religion, talk to you about the sacred or the feeling that it, that they get from it. And you know that they're being honest, that they honestly do have a feeling about it. What do you think that feeling is? If it's not, um, if it's not what you're talking about, what do you think they're mistaking that feeling for? You know, one one word that um, I, I know why they use it, and and because they don't want to think, is the word believing or a belief system. Uh, belief doesn't allow one to think, and if you're not thinking, then you're not really experiencing. You're just accepting. Um, you're obeying. Um, what whoever's demanding that your obeyance is, is to this God or to that belief system. And when I'm relation in relation to, um, um, and when I'm talking about, um, see, how how would I say this? If I am saying things that are not complementary to that belief system, then I am in opposition. I am a, a hypocrite. I am all these things because I can't live like a Lakota, so therefore I'm a hypocrite. I am guilty of it, and so why are you trying to live like a Lakota? Why not just give it up and you know fit it in our box because our box is much bigger? Because you can't go back to the reservation, so you know we own the land, so therefore you have to think like us. And all the time, I know that that's not the way it's going to end up. Uh, my ancestors are not. Uh, in in a graveyard, you know, we could say physically they are, but they're not in that graveyard of our minds. We're not owning a graveyard, uh, you know, because our ancestors are all still alive and we're not extending it into or moving it into the belief system that they are, um, that they are ghosts, that they are, you know, evil. And because they're dead, we don't have to deal with them anymore. And I think that's part of why we we're always clouded. Our judgment is clouded when when we can't understand how they those those uh, ancestors return to us within the life support system called Earth. Um, it makes sense to us, um, but I will never be able to explain anything in English unless unless you know I just give up give up Lakota, give up being, trying, trying to be who I am as an original being rather than trying to be the American, the citizen, the, the modern, educated, and, and an analytical, doubting, you know, whatever that is, uh, alien who wants to go someplace else rather than here. 
Um, so I think there's there's a big difference in how far even a native can stretch their mind because if they grew up in in modern society and with those same thoughts, yeah, they'll just go along with it and they have learned without even understanding that they're they are actually dismissing themselves because they have all the education of the West. Therefore, you have to go get the resources of the West so that you can make life better for your people. Um, the sense that you know those Indians out there in in the Brazil, you know they they they're, they're great fires going on, great fires going on, and geez, if they just didn't fight us, they, then they'd be okay. They could have new cars, new everything like that, and have education. They wouldn't have to have their life life uh, their life. Uh, span would wouldn't be so short and all that but it's been proven now that because of the, the incursions of the west that their lifespan has now become um shorter because of the fear that's been introduced and and they they are working with the fragility working out of that fragility that there's nothing going to be left for them anymore so you know they would rather die than just give in to the monstrosity that's called domination and the western man with their with their religion and science and government coming in and being spiritual carpetbaggers amongst those native peoples who don't have land to go back to anymore to draw sustenance from. We're going to throw you know, all these missionaries at them now and say, well, see, now, now you're with us. Because what it is is actually it's trying to remove us from our consciousness with the earth to put us into the conscience of guilt, sin, and blame. And to, to deal with what civilization isn't to the earth. They want us to be one of the dominant species of the earth so that there's nothing left so that we can explain ourselves in, in the, the, the shiny way to get off of this earth that there's other worlds possible because this one is not anymore. Just, just something like that. Hmm. Um, maybe that's the place to leave it. Although... I am tempted to ask you one more, one more question, as always. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, when we talk about all beings living in their ceremony or living in their story, do you think that there is a larger story of, quote-unquote, humanity for the Earth? Uh, I mean, does this, this which we're playing out, I guess it's the same question I had before, in a way. It's like, was this a misstep? Did the record scratch and we went wrong somewhere? Or is this part of a larger story that, um, I don't know, somehow circles back around to uh, us getting healthy again with ourselves and becoming whole? Or or no? Of course, that's not a fair thing for you, because if you never left that, if you never had that problem, then that was, and this isn't your, this story isn't for you, <laughs> except you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in it, and you know, someone, you know, try to make me feel guilty about. Oh, you drive a car too. You're 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 uh, polluting us. You're polluting the earth too. It's like, oh yeah. So you know, I'm not going to recognize who forced me to live this way. And they said, well, you forced. You step out of this. You can go back to the woods if you want to. I said, okay. If I do that, then I'll just have to await the final. Um, conclusion that you're going to take away the land that I'm living in anyways. And that was reservations are about, because that's what's happening. They're kind of incursion into our reservations now, still trying to get 
dump stuff from us because we have valuable land underneath it that they didn't want in the first place. So this this doesn't stop. It doesn't really. It's it's about okay. I'm I'm in this world now, and my job is to be who I am, which is the opposite. And every time I mention that I am who I am, it becomes opposite anyway, because they don't want me to be who I am as a, as a Lakota. They want me to be what, you know, an activist. They want me to be an intellectual. They want me to be all these other things that they want me to be. So when I'm not saying the things that they want me to say, you know, I'm, I'm diminished and put out and we'll go with this Indian who this native man or this native person who's saying the things that we want them to hear. So it's all about this control, you know, and, and then that one man who doesn't say the things that we are supposed to say is ostracized. They are put into the angry mode with their, um, they're put someplace that's not workable anymore. So when it comes back to myself looking at the whole of humanity in this way, um, again, it's that anthropological theolo- theology and philosophy that gets into the, the mix of things. And I really do want the humans, now this is a desire, I want humans to understand that, again, I'll repeat it, that we can't be doing the best because if this is all there is, if this is all there is that the best the West can come up with, then wow. Is that it? Is that the best you can come up with? Well, I'd rather choose to be who I am than to deal with being the best because who I am is always done and always experienced and always come from what's required to do for all nature to live within and and be rather than trying to extract and become something better than that source of life I am. And so when I think about the wholeness of those humans, majority of humans, I'd say from my experience in the United States, as it is, well, it's the United States. That's an entity far away from the Lakota nation. That's the United States. The United States divided us up. We didn't divide the United States up. We included them. And so in our inclusionary thoughts is that we want these people who are making the mistakes and doing other things, trying to redefine who we are as native people. We want them to really come into their own being because the root of where Americans think began, began in Europe. Americans are suffering the symptoms because of the lack of rootedness. So when the, the root of, uh, of Americans began that thinking process began over there before the, the uh, Inquisition and, you know, all those other things that happened over there before they came. They brought 300 generations of that terror over here. So now we're in a place that needs the crossroads need to be crossed. And a lot of people, their consciousness are now on earth. But now let's include, if that's possible, where the consciousness of the earth has never left is deep down those native peoples who I can't even mention because I can say that I am, but the way I'm living is, is not um, proof in the pudding because I have to live like an American in order to get the word across of what they're saying, telling me to say. 
And right. those elders now, unfortunately, are starting to die. And so that means, okay, I've listened, and, and now it's my turn to step up. And I'm going to speak, be speaking, not already, as an elder in the face of my own people who DNA says that they're native, but their minds are not, you see, because they're still saying the things that they're expected to say in this society. So, yes, include the mistakes of our younger brother and younger sister so that we don't make them again.